The title that I have for you all today, my apologies, my bad, my bad, I'm so sorry. Please, please forgive me. My, I'll give you some time. If you can get your pens and papers out, put the correct heading, <laughs> all that good stuff. I have a lot of points today, so I'm going to try to get done within 30 minutes or so. But the title, if I was to give this message one, is Have You Identified Who You Really Are Yet? Have you identified who you really are yet? Have you identified who you really are yet? My questions that I have for you and please don't labor too much to take all these notes. Just make sure you're listening. Um, and I'll make sure after y'all do y'all's quiz and test that you have these notes uh, for further study. But there's two questions that I have for you. What do you identify with? And what images or image are you bearing now? What do you identify with? And what images are you bearing now? The problem, many young people are identifying with the wrong things because of their loss of identity. Many young people, older people, everyone, but since I'm talking to you all, many young people are identifying themselves with the wrong things because they have lost their identity. Their lack of identity will hinder them from being able to identify what God has for them. Many young people, <clears throat> excuse me, with our many young people are identifying with the wrong things because of their loss of identity. Their lack of identity will hinder them from being able to identify what God has for them now or in the future. What are those things that you're identifying yourself with now? What are those individuals, those thoughts, patterns, those things that you're navigating now that determines your worth, that determines your value? Right now, you are bearing the image of God. Let's read real quick. Let me give you a scripture real quick. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our what? And after our what? And let them have what? Over everything there. And so God, verse 27, created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. We are bearing the image of God, but the question is, are we bearing his likeness? Each and every one of you, you look like your dad, you may look like your mom, you look like your parents, but you're bearing the image of God. That's why Satan hates you. Because every time he looks at you, he sees God. But the thing that he is after is not the image that you bear, he's after you being like him. A lot of you all right now are going through a negative process of bearing the wrong images. Before I get into let's go over some points real quick. Whatever or whomever you identify with will determine what or how you identify. Whatever or whomever you identify with will determine what or how you identify. Meaning, if I identify with the world standards, I will only identify those things based upon the identity or the image that I bear, right? So if I'm uh, bearing the image or if I'm identifying with, with whatever artist or whatever individual, whatever father figure or whatever person that bears the image of a man, then their intelligence, their actions will then determine what I will be able to identify, right? That's why it's very important for you to be your real you. 
The you that God created. Why? Because everything that God has created for you in the future is looking for the real you. God makes originals. He never made a copy. A fake $100 bill will always be worth less than a real $1 bill. So stop imitating someone else that's fake. Because when you're you, when you are you, whatever's for you is looking for you. Could it be that the things that's trying to find you can't identify you because you're bearing another image? It's okay to be different. I always say this to everyone I talk to. In order to make a difference in the world, you have to be different from the world. I don't mind being me, but there was a point in my life where I didn't like me. Because my image, my identity was based upon the father that wasn't there. My identity was based upon what everyone said about me. My identity was based upon people who wasn't even the ones that formed and fashioned me in my mother's womb. I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what your mama said or didn't say. Your dad said or didn't say. I don't care who walked out on you. You got, you got to be able to embrace the one that wants to be in your life. And God said, man, you bear my image. They just the ones that got you here, but I'm the one that put you here. You got to be able to ask yourself, what is it? Who is it? Am I identifying my life after? Next point. Your identity should be the number one thing you aim to identify. Your identity should be the number one thing you should aim to identify. Why? Because if you don't know you, how will you know what's for you? I'm so glad I found my identity at a young age at 25, 26, because at that age, I was then able to identify the woman that God had for me. See, I have to be with my image bearer. I got to be with the one who knows me, who fashioned me. Why? So I can be able to recognize what is for me so I can be able to recognize myself. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? The question I have for you is, man, what do you see in the mirror and do you like what you see in the mirror? A lot of people's identities are shaped more from things external and internal, more so than eternal. A lot of people's identities are shaped more from things external and internal more so than eternal. What are some external things that can shape a person's identity? Yes, sir. Say it again. Appearance. Appearance. How does one's appearance help shape their identity? You don't feel that way. That's right. Anyone else? What are some things external? Go ahead, sir. Uh, their actions. Their ad- you said attitudes? Their actions. Actions. How does actions shape one's identity? That's right, that's right. What are some internal things? Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing about looks when it comes to, like, skin color. Yeah. And how does one identify with their skin color shape their identity? Oh, uh, because, like, if you a certain skin color, you feel like, some people feel like you should fit into a certain, certain stereotype. Yeah. So what's problematic with that, though? Because you're not really being yourself. You're being so that's good. What are some internal things that can shape someone's identity? Internal, inside. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Linda. Insecurities. How does one's insecurities shape their identity? That's right, good. What's some else? Something else inside that can shape your image. Go ahead. What is yeah, sounding in for me? That's real, that's real. One last person, internal. What are some internal things that can shape one that shapes one's identity? 
Yes, go ahead. Words, words that people have spoken to you. Mm, explain, explain that for us. That's good. I'm going to read this thing that I got online. It says, identity formation and evolution are impacted by a variety of internal and external factors like society, family, loved ones, ethnicity, race, culture, your location, your opportunities, media, interests, appearance, and self-expression in life experiences, all forms of person's identity. Society cannot be the thing that shapes you because society changes. Family can't be what shapes you. Because if I listened to my dad when I was 19, I wouldn't be appreciated today. I can't allow my family to shape my identity. Some people also utilize their loved ones. I don't care who you love the most. They cannot be the sole source for your shaping. Also, you can't allow ethnicity. You can't allow race. You can't allow culture. You can't allow your locale. You can't allow any of these things to shape your identity except for God, because God owns the trademark of you. God owns the rights to your image. He owns the rights. And when you know that he owns the rights, you got to give him access to your life. An identity crisis is defined as a period, we're going to talk about that a little bit, of uncertainty or confusion in a person's life. A lot of young people in this room is going through identity crisis right now. You're allowing your peers to shape how you see you. You're allowing what your parents say to shape you. This is one of the most critical times of your life because in these days right now that will determine what kind of man or what kind of woman you're going to be 10 years from now. That's why it's very important for you to start developing your own relationship with God because you got to make sure you hear from him to see who you really are so they can determine how far you go in life. Let's talk about signs you have lost your identity. Here are six signs that you have lost your identity. Six signs that you are going through an identity crisis right now. Number one, low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. A lot of you all don't even like you. Your esteem fluctuates based upon what someone says to you. If someone says good morning, if your crush looks your way, all of a sudden you feel high. The moment you see her talk to someone else, you feel low. As soon as your dad looks at you and says, son, I'm proud of you, you're high. But you make a small accomplishment in his eyes, he don't even recognize it. Then you go low. Your esteem cannot be based upon anything in this world because people change, parents change, everything changes, but God doesn't. At this age right now, you guys are almost unfamiliar of how God sees you. God loves you. When he looks at you, he's not looking at something he, uh, uh, that is not worth anything. He sees something valuable. He sees something precious. And so if you keep waiting for affirmation, you will never have a firm grip of what it is that you're supposed to do. See, I'm so glad I'm detached from everyone, uh, everyone's opinion of me. Because if I listen to everyone's opinion, if I read all the negative comments on YouTube, then I'm going to start performing based upon the few. Your performance cannot be based upon someone's approval. Your performance should be based upon God already accepting you. Low self-esteem. Number two, questioning your value and your worth. It's another sign 
that she have lost her identity. It should be without question that you are valued. It should be without question that you are loved. Without question. And if you're questioning if you're worth anything, you're opening the door for depression, which then opens the door for suicide, and then you'll be on the other side. You cannot question who you are. I don't question the way I speak. I don't question the way I live. I don't question anything because I know me. And because I know me, I don't have to worry about what others have to say. Therefore, I don't question my worth. Number three, feeling lost or aimless. A person of value, a person that loves them, so they know their aim. They don't got time to entertain people talking about who they are and what they are. They know their aim. They can go through this school without being phased. They can go through society without being phased because they have an aim. The Bible says it was a joy that was set before him, Jesus, that helped him despise the shame, endure. What is the joy that's set before you? The joy that's set before you can't be college. The joy that's set before you cannot be graduating. The joy set before you cannot be the reconciliation between you and a family member. The joy that's set before you has to be eternal. Because what if you never get that approval from your dad? What if you never get that love from your mom? What if you never? That's why I had to detach myself from any other thing in this earth. Because if my life is based upon somebody's acceptance, I would die from their rejection. I would die from them not acknowledging me. That's why you got to say, God, you're my joy. God, the ultimate trophy, I tell this all the time. My greatest aim in life is to hear this phrase. Well done, Josh, my good and faithful servant. That's all I care about right now. Because if that's all I care about, I would then do well by my wife. I would then do good to my child. I would do well with these anything, my nieces and nephews and family and y'all because he's my aim. Because what happens when you get to graduation no one shows up? What happens when you get to 25 you have all these goals to be a millionaire and you only got $10 in your pocket? What happens when you get to 30 you thought you'd be married by 30 but you're still single as a quarter? What happens? What happens when you, because I went through a crisis, I almost killed myself at 25. Y'all know my story. Because I was expecting something at 25 that God said I wasn't even mature enough for. And since my life was based upon a success, when I didn't have what I had, then I failed. Because I didn't have the proper identity. Next, not feeling a sense of purpose or understanding your values. You got to have a you got to have a sense of purpose. I don't care how bad my day gets. I don't care what I face in life. I still have a purpose. Some sometimes when I walk through these doors, y'all know my vibe. Mr. Ezzy's the cool, chill, loving, welcoming guy. But there's been times I walk through that door. You don't even know what I had went through the night before. But before I walk through that door, I say before I walk through this door, I'm going to leave everything at this door because I have a purpose to serve you all. Purpose is what gets you out of the bed. A person who has identity understands purpose and they understand values. The tragic thing about y'all's culture, our culture, is that we don't know how to prioritize things based upon their proper value. We put God at 15 on our list. We put God at number 20. We put some girl that ain't going to be in your world 10 years from now, number one. And we, and we wonder why we're not the one we need to be. You can't misplace people because it's going to affect your worth. It's going to affect what you do. 
You've got to say, God, you're number one. And God just can't be number one in your life. God has to be at the center of number two, number three, number four, number five. Anything that won't welcome God in it, you've got to get it off your list. If you can't welcome God into your football, into your basketball, into your uh, a career, you're not going to go far. You're not going to be successful. So you, a person who knows themselves, they know how to value things. What's the point of having a relationship now? What's the point? And hear me when I say this, and I'm not judging nobody. But what's the purpose of having these different things in a stage of life? When I haven't reached that page of my life yet, when I haven't reached that person of maturity yet, because something inside of you is longing for something. Emotional scatter is number four. You're emotionally scattered. (laughs) You're bipolar emotionally. You have a difficulty regulating your emotions. It's a sign that you lack identity or lost your identity. What you need, Swift? Which one do you need? How do you write scattered? Scattered emotions? Oh, S C A T T E R E D. You emotionally everywhere, man. Like, like everybody, whatever they say, got you high one day. Because the devil, listen, the devil will always use what got you last. The devil don't do new tricks if the old trick still works. And so you got to make sure you prove that this person no longer has power over you. Y'all all right? Increased feelings of insecurity, we know what that is. Increased feelings of anxiety. Are, the, are signs that you have lost your identity. All right, I got 10 minutes left. Let's keep going. Now, here's the process of why people lose their identity. Number one, bad images. The devil created a society where you don't have proper images at this age. That's why he affects the image of dads and fathers. Because if you don't know the proper image of a man, whether you're a boy or a girl, you won't go far in this world. That's why the first thing the devil said to Eve was what? Did God really say? Satan's objective is always to have you question God. Because if he can smear the image of God, then you won't be able to identify proper images. Images are so impactful to the point that it affects your what? Your imagination. Right now, all the images that you have in front of you, you got to assess them. All these people that you look up to, all these people that you listen to, all these people that are images in your world are all actors. They are in your face so that you can bear that same image. The devil knows if I can smear the image of a father, if I can smear the image of a mother, then I can smear your image. They even say that when babies are born, that what kind of whatever facial expression you give that baby will determine that baby's self-esteem. So if a mother holds that baby with frowns or sadness or depression, that baby internalized that. It's deeper than just what you're facing right now. Some of you are depressed because of, of you being born and not having the same or the proper impressions. They say when you hold a baby, I, that's why when my baby girl is born, I'm a smile, I'm a laugh, I'm gonna tell dad jokes. I'm a, oh, she don't even understand what the jokes is, but she gonna feel me. Every single night I'm at my wife's belly talking to her like she's already born. 
Why? Because while she's being formed and fashioned in her mother's womb, she knows her father's voice. They, they said, my, my, my wife said that whatever, whatever side that I'm on in the bed, the baby slides over there. It's powerful. It's deep. Right? So the devil knows if I can create bad images in front of you, then you will have a 90 to whatever percent chance of bearing that image. These rappers you listen to, you think they wear what they wear just to be wearing what they're wearing? Why do you think pants are tight? Why do you think pants are low? Why do you think man purses? Why do you think these girls' skirts are not? Why? 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 It's by design. Because if you bear that image, then you're going to go out there and imagine it, and then you're going to actually interact with it, and then you're going to start building interest for it, and then you're going to end up being the same image, and it recycles. So the devil wants you to make you think that, and that's why I'm going to talk to these fake Christians now. That's why we're the problem. Because if we bear the right image, people will then say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. That's why my job is not to be like some of these Christians and, and be judgmental and then look at you like you beneath me. I'm with you. Because I understand that if I don't bear the right image of Jesus, if I don't bear his image, then y'all ain't going to want to be like him. That's why I take what I do very seriously. Because the reason why some of that's why we Christians and you've been here for a long time, you got to make sure you get your life right because we got new kids here. You got to be able to say, what image am I bearing? So he pre pre presents bad images. Then he supplies images because images then creates imagination or interest. He wants you interested in stuff prematurely. Interested in relationships prematurely. You look on social media, all this stuff looks good, but it ain't good. You go on my Instagram page, do I post my wife a lot? No, because I hide what's, what's valuable to me. I don't want you to know where she is all the time, where we go all the time. I don't want people to know because that's private to me. That's, that's something valuable to me. If you, your most valuable thing, are you going to post it everywhere? They say wealthy people don't wear their money. But all you see are rich images. There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Rich people, rich people don't drive their best car Monday through Saturday <laughs> or Monday through Friday. If you look at all the billionaires, how do they dress? They dress in suits or they dress in T-shirts and, and, and Target shorts. They don't wear their money <clears throat> because they know they're wealthy. If you always have to prove what you are, you will never go far. You have to be okay with who you are. So then when you start building an interest for love and building an interest for those kind of things, then you start imagining it. Then once you imagine, you start building impulses. I got to be with somebody right now because, because, because now if I have somebody, now I'm worth something. Or, or if I could just get this offering and post an offering, you ain't even got a letter in the mail, then maybe the people online would think I'm somebody. You got to be okay with where you are and who you are, fam. Whether you get letters in the mail, whether you get attention from anyone, it doesn't matter. You got to say, God, I know you love me. I know you have a plan. Well, I'm sweating my shirt out already. That's just, that's just how it goes. Now, let's talk real quickly because I only got five or seven minutes about identifying yourself in Christ, right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17... Can someone give me a paper towel for me, please? Appreciate you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. Here are some things you get in Christ and why you should identify yourself in him. Now, if I don't have a membership card to the Y, can I get in? If I don't have a membership to the Providence Country Club, can I get in? If I don't have a membership to Costco, can I get in? You can get in? Oh, my bad. You can get in, but you can't get in. Oh. You can't buy nothing, right? You can get a hot dog and a pizza, but you I understand. Oh, who put this here? Man, Miss Cusack. A ghost. Appreciate you. My nephew, man. Please, let's give it to my nephew, Miss Cusack. <laughs> I ain't mean to embarrass you, man. My bad, brother. There's some things in Christ you can't get nowhere else. No matter how bad I want to be in something, if, if there's no payment, I can't get in. I don't care if I want to lift weights. I can be at the front desk and be like, man, can you please let me in this why? The first thing you want to ask me is what? So you have membership. Man, but y'all got all these amenities. I just want to get in the pool. I can't get in, right? Now I can sneak in. But you can't stay in. Right? So here are some things that you get in Christ. Where your identity should be. Genesis 1 said, then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So. When we was in the garden, not we, but Adam and Eve was in the garden, they had both image and likeness. When Eve and Adam chose against God, they lost the likeness but kept the image. Because sin got in. When sin got in, then everything within man and woman was contaminated, and it kept them from being who they needed to be. God then sent his son, who is bearing the full image, to give us a new way to look. Why do you think the son had to come? Because God the father is spirit. We cannot be a spirit. Don't know what it's like to be cold. Doesn't know what it's like to be hot. It's a spirit. So how can we say, God, you know me. God, you understand what I go through. How can I really go to him about anything if he can't relate to me? That's why when kids come into the school, my goal is not to correct from correction purposes. My goal is to correct from relationship. Why? If I build a relationship with you, you would then listen, right? It happens. So God knew that in order for me to build that relationship with man, I got to come as a man. Jesus knew it was like to be cold. He knew it was like to be poor. He knew it was like to build a business. <clears throat> he knew it was like to work. He knew what it was like to be betrayed. He knew what it was like to be beaten. Some of y'all don't even know the proper imagery of how he was beaten. Y'all don't even know what crucifixion is. They say till this day is still the worst form of death. They say they beat that man so bad that his face was so swollen he couldn't see out of his eyes. They say they ripped his beard out of his face. They say they beat him so bad that you can see his bones in his back. You can see his organs hanging out. They said when people got uh, beaten so bad, their intestines was hanging out of the back of their back. He was beaten so bad to the point to where he was unrecognizable by his mother. Then they pierced him in his hand. They pierced him in his feet. 
For us. If someone was to walk in this room right now and say, everyone who believes in God, stand up, and I'm going to kill you, most of y'all would stay seated. Y'all don't know the price that was paid for you to have membership. Right now, if someone comes in here, I'm the first one, put the gun to my face. Kill me, because I'm not denying him. Because if I deny him here, he will deny me before my father. Death is only maximum six minutes long. Gunshot, six. Point, point six seven some seconds, right? But drowning is six minutes. So either way, I gotta be willing to die for it. Y'all willing to die for your team? You willing to put it all on the field? You willing to put it all on the court? But you're not willing to put it all in his life for him. Your coach didn't create you. The school you want to go to can't determine your value. You gotta say, God, why did you go through that for me? Val, I did this analogy somewhere. I don't know if it was with y'all. I'm part of my ninth grade class. If someone came in here to kill you, but I stuck, I stuck, and I stepped in front of you and took that bullet for you, and then I died, what'd you do to my wife? What would your heart be towards my family? Well, I would probably, I would be all my life thanking them, like, thank you for the sacrifice your husband did. I'll yep. be grateful. Yep. If I took a bullet for you, you won't forgive me the rest of your life. The reason why we forget God so easy is because we weren't at that cross. <laughs> we didn't see that blood drip. We didn't see that the son had to feel his father turn his back on him because he bore all of our sins at that one moment. Why do you think nobody's killing goats no more, killing sheep no more? Because Jesus took that sacrifice for us. So now that he paid such a payment for me, brutally, now I can give all of me. So now I got to know what comes with this membership. What comes with my identity in him? Because the image bearer came for us to bear a better image. He's saying, man, you don't got to look depressed no more. You don't got to look sad no more. You don't got to be elated when he comes in anymore. You can be sustained because I love you. I don't care what someone say, don't say, feel about me, whatever. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And right now, man, you got to say, okay, God, what do I get what do I receive from this membership? Number one is this. You adopt it. You receive access. That's number one. My nieces and nephews can tell you that before I even married their, their aunt, I don't know how much money I spent I gave Christmas people. Tell how much I gave Christmas. Every time you turn around, man, hosted me for V-Bucks for like five years. That's access to a good uncle. My niece right here done had how many bags of Takis, no matter where I go. I messed up a couple of times. I don't know if she forgave me, because I, I got her biggest sister cheesecake, and she was like, where my cheesecake at? But it's my fault, you know, your sister, you know. But, but every time she's with me, she'll jump in the car, because she know her uncle gonna get her something. When we go to the gas station, when she was little, she'd be like, and my aunt be like, no, nah, he'll bring it to you. No, she'll get out the car and be like, no, because you will only make sure he gets me one bag. My uncle gonna make sure I have two bags, kings of big size, because I can't turn that, that face down. She gonna be like, can I have two bags of chip? Can I have, can I have this drink or whatever? Because of access, right? Because I'm in their family now, they get access to an uncle. So when Christ, we get access. 
Anything in my kingdom is yours. But because we was never handed anything, we don't know how to be handed anything. So God is saying, man, in me you get life. In me you get hope. In me you get access to information. Google is not even 1% close to gathering information that God has. Most of us, we go right to Google before we go to God. We go to our friend before we go to God. We go to all these places and God saying, fam, you got access to me. In Christ right now, we have adequacy. In other words, confidence. We have adequacy, meaning that if you're on that football field, if you're on that basketball court, if you're in that classroom, you are adequate. I don't care if you are wrong. Be wrong confidently. Raise your hand to the high heaven and say your answer, whether it's wrong or not, because you've got to have confidence. I don't care what a teacher say or don't give you the same reaction as that student. Your confidence can't be based upon what or who or what acknowledges you. You got to already know that you have been acknowledged. God is looking at you. God is the only one that can be everywhere and in everyone's life, uninterrupted and undistracted. God, God, I have God's full attention just like you have God's full attention. So God's going to be like, all right, just hold it. I'll be right back. He says, no, I'm here to focus on you. So you get adequacy from him, meaning that you have confidence. You also get number three, aid. Can an aspirin heal a broken heart? Can take rap heal a hurting soul? There's no physical thing on this planet that can really heal or aid what you're going through. Some of you guys are still struggling with rejection right now. Your dad ain't showed you no attention in a while. Your mom ain't showed you no attention in a while. You're fighting for attention. You're rejected by this person. That girl you like to reject that I don't care what happens. Sometimes your rejection is for your protection. Because if you actually dated that person, you'd be crazier now. If you listen, and I, me and my dad are great right now, so please hear me when I say this. Me and my dad have a great relationship now. But there was a time where I was like, why is my dad not here? I was at the Victory Gym, the same gym y'all hoop at. A lot of other, my, all other players, they dads were there to get rebounds for them. Nobody was there to get a rebound for me. That hurt me, even though it was quiet, that hurt me. And I used to, and Miss uh, Johnson, she remembered me when I was in high school, she was like, you used to take charges all the time because I wanted the acceptance of my coach. I said, I'll take the charge for the team. I was, looking for, I was looking for love, I was looking for acceptance, so I was taking charges, risking my own body because I was looking for attention. Until I realized that if my dad was in my life, my whole life, then I wouldn't be living this life. So sometimes <clears throat> God removes your dad out your life, removes your mom out your life so that you can have life. Because if my dad was in my life, I would probably do international business right now. I'd probably be going from plane to plane, country to country, doing business. But I wouldn't be here in front of you all. Also in Christ right now with that membership, I have assurance. Right now, I don't got to worry about hell. That's not even on my slate. I have assurance. I have assurance right now. Uh, one, of the, one of the toughest days of my life was last month. That's why I wasn't here for three days. Probably top three scariest moments of my life. But I had assurance. I knew my wife was going to be okay. I knew my baby was going to be okay. I had assurance because I have membership. So in life, you're going to go through some tough moments, man. And you got to be assured 
that you know you're going to the other side. We remember that story. Jesus was in the boat, sleep, storm came, they woke him up, Jesus was cranky, and was like, where's your faith? Then calmed the storm, probably went back to sleep. If they would have just believed that if he's in the boat, we going to float. Because I know if he's with me, I'm going to get through this. So we have assurance. Last but not least, or secondly, last, we have authority. <laughs> Man, I went off on that devil on Monday, fam, because I know my authority. With that membership, every demon has to bow to God in me. You have to know your authority, man. Imagine you walk into a situation. <laughs> the police officer with a badge and a gun got his hands up, and all the crook has in his hands a bar of snicker, a snicker bar. You think that's dumb, right? He's being held up by a snicker bar, but you the cop, and you got a gun. That looks crazy, don't it? But how many of us are being stuck up every night by a devil who has no power over you? Every night you allow that same thought to hold you up. Allow that same insecurity to hold you up. And God said, you have authority over that. Have you found your identity in Christ yet? Because whatever you identify with right now will determine how you identify. And how many people you know, identify the wrong mate for them, identify the wrong city for them. Let me tell you something right now. You better make sure you go to God's college for you. You got to make sure you go into the right, to God's career for you. And college ain't for everybody, so I'm not sitting there saying that. But there's so many people that got access to big colleges, but God wanted them at a different college. Do you know the path that God has for you is the best path for you? And if you don't know yourself, you won't know what he, what he wants to bring your way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us.